Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, it's 1234 at Edmonton. You can text us at 630-630. It's a simple question, and it's a question you do on a Monday in late July when uh, things have sort of quieted on the hockey front, though there might be something shaken with Nikita Gusev. The question is, should NCAA college football and college basketball players be paid, especially at programs where they're bringing in hundreds of millions of dollars a year? I have a feeling, knowing Canadians as I do, that most would think that should be the case. And I'm going to throw that question next to uh, Jack Michaels, who joins us on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Hey, Jack, how are you doing? Good, Bob, although uh, you've thrown a pretty good curveball at me right before we go on the air, because that is an extremely complicated and layered question. Well, here's the thing. Even when when the guy that came up with the term student-athlete, the former head of the NCAA, retired like 25 or 30 years ago, he talked about the landscape changing so dramatically from when he first... The, and the, what happened, I don't know if people know this, but there was an, an NCAA college football player who died when he was like 26, and his wife sued the institution for workman's comp. Basically, that's what happened. And the NCAA worked around it, You deploying the term student-athlete and you know eliminating any sort of financial component to it. And that was back in like the 50s, Jack. And this, the guy that was the first, I, I don't forget who the first head of the NCAA was, but he was there for like 20, 25 years. When he retired in the early 80s or whatever, he said this scene has completely changed. And television is what changed, as, as you know. And, you know, and now schools were making a bunch of money in the whole spiel. Well, that's dwarfed in terms of what happens today. So it's a multi-layered question. What's your initial response to that? Well, my initial response is this. I think that Certainly, the proceeds that the schools are currently, uh, you know, reaping from the sale of likenesses, you know, whether it's a, a whole slew of, you know, Tim Tebow jerseys at the University of Florida, or whether it's, you know, Christian Leitner at Duke University on the, on the basketball front. The bottom line is, though, I, my my initial response is to reinvest that among the entire student body as well as just the athletics programs. Because here's the, 
here's the tough thing. When you start saying, well, the athletes are the ones that are generating all the revenue. Well, you know, that's, that's not necessarily the case. Because when you think about, let's say, uh, you know, a university like Ohio State University where they have 50,000 students, you know, 45,000 students are, you know, paying tuition in some form or another. Obviously, you know, a certain percentage are on financial aid, a certain percentage are on full academic scholarships the way there are on athletic scholarships. But I don't think you can say that there would be no institution without athletics. But I do think you could say without the forum of the institutions themselves, where are these 18 to 22-year-old university student-athletes playing? There's no minor league system. Right now it is necessarily free labor. So I guess in a, that's a long-winded say, way of saying that, yes, I do believe uh, students should receive a stipend, in from from an athletic perspective but i also feel the same way about other students i mean you know a kid even if he gets a you know a tremendous financial aid aid package bob there are so many people that are walking out of university with thousands upon thousands of dollars of student loans don't we think that we should reinvest some of those profits in curbing some of those people's financial burden i mean that that's the way i feel about it I feel a heck of a lot better about, you know, making sure someone's leaving with $36,000 worth of student loans instead of 50 than just knowing that a certain block of athletes was getting paid, you know. I, I, you I'm know. not sure I'm quite as altruistic as you are in this, Jack, and I'll tell you why. Because okay, with all due respect to the band members, and that's really important that, you know, or the string quartet society that's at a school that gets, a, you know, an art scholarship, uh, they don't have hundreds of millions of dollars coming in for television revenue. Absolutely. And therein lies the rub for me, right? Like, I, Well, what about, Bob, all those students that are trying to change their family's financial situation? What about that continual wave of students attending universities that are often the first or second members of their families to go to college, that are trying to change the path of their family. I mean, I just feel like, you know, them leaving with, you know, with all these students, you know, these student loans, I mean, that's a tremendous burden. Yeah. And, and so I, I guess what I'm saying is they don't, you're right, that, you know, they're not, they're not generating the type of, of revenue, but I just feel like if you're representing the institution, absolutely, I think the student athletes should get a stipend. But because the institution is being supported by you know 85 percent of people that have no athletic no no athletic ties to the school whatsoever, other than their attendance at the games, I think you've got to give the I, I think you've got to give those financially disadvantaged students you know, a share of that revenue as well, because if it's benefiting the school and it's deriving from the athletes, then why can't other, other members of the school benefit as well? In other words, instead of it going into, you know, uh, a associate AD's bonus package, I'd rather see it go back into a package of 50 students. I mean, how about- I know that sounds altruistic, and it—that's yeah. why I'm saying this is a complicated and multi-layered 
uh, question. And but part, I guess and the part, end result is I don't think the athletes should be the sole beneficiaries because then, Bob, you get into the question of, all right, well, is a college football athlete worth that much more than a college basketball athlete? And then you start turning programs within the institution against one another. It's just opening a giant can of worms. Instead of the football program, like the one at Miami, paying for the... Like, let's face it, the Miami Hurricanes that you and oh, me watch... Oh, they pay for the other 17 sports. Absolutely. They, the other 17 sports, they bought the school a medical program. Like, right. that that's how much money... They, and that is... Now, Miami is now what? That's a private school, right, Jack? That's a high-end private school in this... But they... they, they bought that institution they made so much money off of football that they did put it and it just i don't know it's yeah there was some reinvestment absolutely right bob look i i am all for a lot of these athletes that we're talking about on the athletic playing fields whether it be the football field or the basketball court or in some isolated cases the women's basketball court at uconn and sure. university of tennessee where they you know do drive significant revenues um, as opposed to some other sports. I'm all for them getting a stipend. I just think that you you walk down a a dangerous path when you've got a bunch of non-athletic people coming out of school with these tremendous loans. And as you know, it's, you know, it it depends on the market, I suppose, but there, there's a lot of college, people coming out right now bob without the without the job opportunities that that you'd certainly like to have with a four-year education and upwards of eighty thousand in student loans hanging over your head it is a it's a that's what i'm saying this is a tough question jack the ripper has texted the show ask jack michaels whether or not harvard uh got ownership of facebook (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that, there you go. There's the there's a guy that was a student at the baby. time, right? Student at the well, time. Yeah. Came up with the concept. What's his name? Zuckerberg, right? Came yeah. up with the... Yeah. Some guys will do anything to meet girls that they used to know, right? I mean, wasn't that the whole premise of the thing? It's well, a, and, and some would say he stole it from a buddy of his. Right. You know? I mean, and, that, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's... Anyways, I just think, you know, the, the whole SB Nation... Uh, story of following Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Hugh Freeze ended up having to resign and they threw Houston Nut under before and, and they got all this money to buy out the coaches and then pay coaches eight to ten million bucks and the whole gist is the guy that sat there and took 10k from one uh, booster and 11k for another to so his, so his mother could you know his sisters and brothers could eat and his mother's her, her, you know they were going to foreclose the house there's something perverse about how that system is. We've totally gone off the rails here, Jack. I well, gonna... hey, I've, I've, I, I want to bring something to the table that's a little bit of a takeoff over the lines you put out yesterday. And, and, uh, and that is, uh, you know, I, the one thing I see with the Oilers right now and, and the one potential wild card that could lead to the lineup that a lot of people have been envisioning for a couple of years now is, you know, A, you know, who knows, I'm certainly not predicting anything, but I think yes, the Pooley remains a wild card. Yep. Uh, and and then the other one for me, and I'm going to put him. He's he's my lead guy, quite frankly, and that and that would be Tyler Benson. Yeah. Uh, and I think Tyler Benson uh, has an outside shot. I, I certainly think it's a wild card that he could play. And this is going to sound like a bit of a bold statement, but. I think he's in that group with Nygaard and Granlin that 
could theoretically be playing top six minutes by midseason. So I, put, I really believe that. Yeah, I put a uh, sort of, and by the way, we can. the New Jersey Devils have just officially tweeted it out. Gusev from Vegas in exchange for a third rounder in 2020, a second rounder in 2021, and New Jersey announces that they have signed uh, that they have signed uh, Gusev to a two-year deal at $4.5 million. So New Jersey has done their part here to uh, try to beef up their hockey team. They had the cap flexibility to do so for this year. Jack, well, I mean, and they also, it's an important year. If they want to re-sign number four, yep. uh, they need to let him know they're serious about remaining contenders for the next half decade at least. All right, because so... They, yeah. yeah. So when I put my uh, projected lines out, it was based on the premise that Benson, Marodi, and Yamamoto would would not be up yet. Uh, based on the premise that Neal's a left wing, plays left wing, I'm not convinced that's the way it's going to play out. I think Neal. I think Neal's going to end up on the right. So there's a distinct possibility that occurs. Some people said, "Why don't you go with the three center models?" I just look at the money that you're paying McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent, Hopkins. Those guys got to play top six minutes, and that's why. Yeah. I, so that's why I've got the third line center. Now, what's what's Gaetan Haas going to do? We don't know, but I think it'd be a little premature to suggest he can step in and play third line center right away. Um, Absolutely. But here's the thing, Jack. What I would say is I could see a scenario where Nygaard ends up playing with McDavid and Neal. Okay. I could see in a th- if, if they did go the three center option, I could see Benson with uh, Dreisaitl, okay, and Cassian. As an example, and then, and then you, Nugent Hopkins with Chase on and Granlund and Granlund, yes, and and who knows? I mean, Granlund, you know, Granlund and Nygaard are, are real interesting things because Nygaard can shoot, and Granlund has shown he has the ability, much like his much like his brother, to play high end minutes. Now, his most effective minutes have come sure. when he's been third line and then kind of first over the boards on the PK. But it, that, and that's why. But Tyler Benson for me is a is a real key. If the Oilers, and that, and that's where I, that's kind of what I did on my lines. You actually kind of read. It was almost like you had access to my I know I notes because when you put that those lines out, um, I, you know, I just had a bit of a different take. I, a lot of people, a lot of people you know, right now don't have Benson as the, maybe the first guy over the boards this year from the farm. I am, I feel like Benson might have pulled ahead of a few guys. Oh, I don't and, think there's any question that's the case. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it, every everyone sees it differently. You know, uh, there, there might be, you know, quite a few people within the organization that still has, you know, let's say Yamamoto first round as opposed to Benson second round. But I think you and I would probably agree that, you know, in a, in a, in a perfect world without the injuries, you know, maybe Benson is going a lot closer to 22nd uh, than where he was selected in the draft. So the, the bottom line is, is I think the Oilers have some wild cards on the wing. And this is exactly where we were heading into uh, Sweden last year for the matchup with the New Jersey Devils. Could the forwards, particularly on the right side, replicate the production that they managed in the preseason. And they, they didn't, and it was a big reason why the Oilers ended up relying on McDavid and Drysaddle to carry the sure. offense and ultimately fell short of a playoff spot. Once again, I think there are some wild cards. Uh, I think James Neal is, is, 
is a, let's just say he's a more advantageous card, in my opinion, uh, going into the season because I feel like he's got 10 good years and one lousy year. That's a that's a pretty significant ratio. Like it's not like he's been spotty for his career, kind of alternating year in year out. I mean, he, he had he's had one bad year and and ten years where he's a guy that at the very least can play in your top six. So uh, that's why I feel like the Oilers might be a little bit closer uh, to to a matchup where maybe they 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 can go three down the middle. And Nugent Hopkins, I think Bob is still, generally speaking, even when he's playing wing, and I don't know whether you'd agree with this, but I still, I still like Nugent about 18 minutes a game more than I like Nugent 22. That's totally, totally agree, totally agree. Yeah, especially in the second of back-to-backs. Just before we let you go, sure, we're just gonna spin it back because you're a Cleveland Browns fan. Yes. How is this the most excited you've been about them in a long time? Well, I mean, you'll remember I sent you a giddy text the night they, you know, moved their draft around and got Johnny Manziel. I also think that was that might have been in the 22 hole as well. It was, And yes. I think I made, made reference to that on draft night, but whatever. Uh, so I've been down this path before, and you've been down this path with me before. So we're both probably like, I'll believe it when I see it. And that's ultimately where I'm at. You've still got... Uh, Baltimore and Pittsburgh to contend with inside your own division. You've still got Kansas City and San Diego, who might have been the second. Well, they were. They were the second and third best teams in that conference last year. And you've still got, you know, a Patriots club that despite some real questions as to who's going to catch the football, well, that's been a question for a decade with them. And and Tom Brady uh, has made Hall of Famers out out of not much. So, uh, it's a loaded conference, and you got to get out of the division before you can think about anything. And the Browns haven't done that for 20, well, what is this? They haven't done it for 30 years. So I guess I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> All righty. Safe travels. I hear you're coming back to town here shortly. So Absolutely. Now, having said that, Bob, my forecast is Cleveland goes 19-0 and and wins the Super Bowl over the New Orleans Saints by a score of 52-14. to Jack, if, if that comes to fruition, if Cleveland goes 19-0, I will uh, I will buy you dinner sometime in, in February. How's that? Without without the benefit of a GC? Oh, don't, don't, don't reveal that about me, Jack. You're selling me out here. All right, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thank you, Jack. Take care. That's Jack. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Michaels from the Oilers Radio Network. It's 1251 in Edmonton. We're going to take a three and a half minute timeout. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is Brendan Escott in the hot seat for a minute here while Bob has stepped out of the studio. And what better time than this to go to NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. 
your clients love the outdoors? If they do, get them the hottest summer gear like branded camping chairs, coolers, and more again. At Elite Promotional Marketing, the Tampa Bay Lightning locked up franchise goaltender Andre Vasilevsky to an eight-year, $76 million deal. That is a $9.5 million AAV and makes him the third highest paid goalie in the league behind Carey Price and Sergei Bobrovsky. The Flames also inking a goaltender, David Riddich, signing for two more years at $2.75 million per season. That is avoiding an arbitration meeting they had scheduled. The 26-year-old Czech put up a 9-11 save percentage and a 2.61 GAA last year on an $800,000 contract. So a big pay increase down the QE2. Elsewhere, the Rangers dealt uh, with their own RFA. Pavel Bushnevich signing a two-year $6.5 million deal on Friday. He had... Uh, there it is, 38 points in 64 games last year, which was his third NHL season. 2013 first-rounder Michael McCarron staying with the Habs on a one-year two-way deal, paying him 700000 in the NHL, 125000 in the minors. Meanwhile, Washington's Chandler Stevenson, the pride of Saskatoon, signed for one more year with the Capitals. It pays him $1.05 million. And Chris Knobloch making a stop in the AHL as a coach, taking over head coaching duties of the Rangers affiliate, the Hartford Wolfpack. He was most recently in a assistant with the Philadelphia Flyers. That's after 11 years coaching in the CHL with Kootenai and Erie, Bob. Yeah, Chris is over in Germany right now at a uh, hockey camp, so we won't have him on for uh, this week, but we'll work on getting him sometime maybe late in August. Only coach in uh, Canadian Major Junior history to have four consecutive 50-plus win seasons. He's still 40, still only 40 years of age. I mean, it's an interesting opportunity. Rangers are going to be... Uh, a real interesting team to watch here. I know Larry Brooks wrote over the course of the weekend. He talked about uh, the fact that the only thing that made sense is a buyout on Kevin Shattenkirk. And for the people that are texting the show saying the order should be in on Kevin Shattenkirk, I totally get that perspective. I don't think it's going to happen, but I totally get why you think that the Edmonton Oilers should be in on Kevin Shattenkirk. I mean, I you're not, you know, it, there, there's not a wrong, like, y- you can have a perspective on things, and it doesn't mean it's the right or the wrong answer. So, uh, for me, blue line in, until a couple of years ago, I thought Shattenkirk might be the best defenseman in the NHL. Blue line in. The problem is the other 160 feet on the ice, he's had a tough time in the Rangers. It, hey, so far they haven't bought him out. Maybe they buy out Brendan Smith. A lot of you have said, well, why don't the Oilers make a deal for Strom back? And I'm like, well, that ship kind of sailed. And then Strom went and scored 18 goals to the Rangers. Why would they want to trade him right now? It is 12.57 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. Guests on the show, with the exception of Jack Michaels. Actually, he does get these. Receive gift certificates from our friends at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jaffs Avenue. Tell Maggie. Brandon and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodwan. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.